How did yesterday go in your mind uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs? How are you, Roger? Hey, Rick. Hey. We went into the day with a plan, and uh, and we watched it unfold. But you do so much of your homework beforehand um, in terms of the market and what's going to happen and what you think is going to happen. And obviously, you can't talk about specific players, but you talk about scenarios and where things are going to shake down and where it's going to fit. And uh, we were involved in a, in a couple of different situations that didn't work out. But we were involved, and if it doesn't make sense for your team, you don't just necessarily go to the next guy because the next guy might not be a fit where the first guy was. Well, Dave, that's very true. And, you know, I I think sometimes, too, you can control what your thinking is and your process is, but obviously you can't control the other 29 teams that are in there. Talk to us how much of a process is there in reacting to what other teams do. Like, you shouldn't do that. No team should ever do that. But clearly, on the other hand, when other moves are made, does it get you thinking, well, do we respond? I will tell you how it got us thinking. It it had us in here really early this morning, pouring over the new rosters, wondering how we can benefit from the moves that were made. So I think this will be a fairly active summer of trading. And I think there'll be more. It seems to be there's more of a temperature amongst teams to make changes through trade because maybe they didn't get what they wanted in free agency. And then when you watched where some of the players went, you wonder how that's going to free somebody up in the organization that you might like that now could be available for financial reasons or other. Yeah, and you're, you're evaluating these players. Well, they've, if this guy went, X went here, just for an example, say Colby Armstrong, because he left Toronto to go to Montreal, they have one or at least two of those type of players. What will they be doing with them? And are we available to grab those guys, or is there any interest in that? For And that's exactly right, yeah. Rick. And sometimes it's a financial grid yeah. where you look. And so say somebody landed in the third box on the left side of a lineup, and that box is now too highly priced. Does that free someone up in one of the other boxes, you know, on your grid yeah. that says – okay, now that player may be available, and we have the financial means to match that player. Dave, uh, Martin Brodeur joined us a few moments ago on our uh, at Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We had a discussion with him, and he indicated there were some discussions with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it would have been a, a team that he definitely would have uh, considered. We all know he re-upped again with the Jersey, uh, Jersey team. What can you say about any talks that you had with him yesterday? Well, we were involved. We were involved in it. We thought he might be a very good fit here in a short-term situation. Good and, money. Uh, Good money, too. Well, and he played at the top of his game, you know, very, very recently. And so we definitely explored that possibility. Yeah. And and again, when you're coming in, Dave, expectations like, you know, you've certainly got to know the fans around here and the expectations in Toronto and, you know, on and off the bandwagon, as I should say. Johnson & Johnson should be the best investment that the Toronto Maple Police fans have taping their ankles up. But at the end of the day, not making the preezy. I mean, I'm not saying we're out of it, but you know, there's been indications he's going to probably stay maybe in New Jersey and stuff like that. When you, when there's so much expectations to make that big deal, how do you guys, you know, compensate yourselves with that, knowing that if you don't make it, there's going to be people that are going to be very unhappy, and if you do make it and it doesn't work out, you know, it's a loss loss situation. I think at times you can't. Just change for the sake of change all the time. And it's got to be a calculated move. And, you know, we do look, if you, it would be very interesting for you to know the volume and the quality of names that have been discussed over the last couple of weeks. So not just, so picture the scenarios we were all involved in. We went 
from the draft. So we were there for five days, and a great number of discussions went on about some players that you would be amazed that their names were discussed. Mm-hmm. And then a number of us go right to the AHL meetings for five days. So a number of us, you know, Ray Shearer was down there, Chuck Fletcher, Kevin Chevaldeoff, a number of NHL guys are involved in different capacities in the American League. So those discussions continued. And then they walked right into free agency yesterday. But while teams are talking about free agency yesterday, there was some really, really interesting trade talk Mm -hmm. that has gone on over the past couple of days. And, you know, I've only been back in it now at this level for a little over a little under three years. But to me, this is the highest level of trade talk that has gone on with teams that may be willing to make changes to change their team. Does this all come back to the style of the the playoffs of this past year? What is going to be the style of the upcoming year? Yeah, well, that's if you're the, building a yeah. team right now, and you watch the first game of the Philadelphia Pittsburgh yeah. series, <laughs> and you're saying, or one, you know, maybe it was the third game or the second game of the Ottawa Rangers series, yeah. you're saying, okay, what kind of team am I building? And but you've got to stay with what you're doing, and you know, we've changed up a little bit in what mm-hmm. we've done, and I think we added a very solid player in Jay McClement yeah. yesterday who can play in that three slot in the middle and uh, is a good-sized body and kill penalties and, and play a good role. And, you know, a player like that looks at a coach like Randy Carlisle and all he thinks about is the way he utilized his third line in the cup run with Sammy Paulson and, mm-hmm. and Travis Moan and, uh, and Niedemeyer and says, boy, what a great opportunity this could be for me. Dave Poulin, Vice President of Hockey Operations of the Toronto Maple Leafs, is with us. Hockey Central at noon. I'm Roger Lejoie, and today Rick Natras uh, here with me. Gary Roberts coming up later in the program. Dave, maybe walk us through what the day itself is like, because I think hockey fans and I'm media people, I think everyone would like to know, how does it work on July 1st? Are you guys all together? Are you connected on the phones? Like, well, Tell us about that. Well, there's a, n- a number of things that go into it. And, you know, I'll take you right back through the year. And you meet on a couple of different occasions with your pro scouting staff. And you put together ratings. You literally rate every player in the NHL. And you go through through the system, through the NHL and AHL teams. So you're sitting in a room in January with your pro scouts. And on the big screen comes up the NHL team in boxes and then the AHL team. You go through each individual player and talk about them. And then different teams have different systems, but you number them. And so we have a reporting system for each player that's playing in the National Hockey League and the American Hockey League. So a lot of the work is done beforehand. We met again at the draft with our pro scouts because there's two distinct groups, pro scouts and amateur scouts. And we met with the pro scouts, and we went through specific names and what we were looking at. And then, and the list, quite frankly, was pretty short this year because we, we just want – to upgrade your hockey team. And so we go through the list. It's positional. And then we actually have the guys rank the players according to, okay, if this player is available. Now, do it aside from money, aside from what the situation is, because the immediate reaction is, okay, you know, no free agent, I don't believe, has left Jersey since Niedemeyer did. And so our Parisi, at that time, Bruder wasn't in the mix, but is Parisi going to actually leave New Jersey? And that's still a question that's out there. So, but, but you actually rate the players, then you factor all those decisions in. But then it gets down to, uh, to yesterday, and we were all in here the day before, the 30th, pouring over the list, making sure we didn't miss anybody. Um, very detailed, going through each team, going through the group sixes, the group threes, the different types of free agents. And then yesterday, you're waiting, you know, obviously to see where things go at noon. But we made a couple calls right at noon. I think we made a couple of, of good additions 
to the Marlies, and there's two separate realms here. You're looking at the whole organization, yeah. and we added a couple of very good pieces I think are going to help the Marlies and help development uh, and the depth of the organization. Um, in Mike Koska and Dylan Yao, and both players that played against us this year in the playoffs and played very well. Uh, we re-signed Ryan Hamilton for the Marlies, mm-hmm. you know, who's our captain and leader. And then as we worked through, we were in on probably – Oh, we're in on a number of different situations. So got, different people will call the agents. Um, the agents are calling us, but we'll call the agents. So Claude and uh, and myself and, and David Nonis made the phone calls, the respective phone calls. You reconvene, you meet. Cliff Fletcher's involved. Um, you, you know, we also had uh, Dallas Akins here for his opinion and keeping Berkey in tune with everything that's going on. So everything funnels up through David Nonis and then to Berkey. And then you go with decisions. Yeah, and it seems like there's a lot of them because you're going through 700 plus NHLers, and I don't know how many American League teams there are, but I'd love to see that list. The same number, right? You're over a thousand players there. Yeah, I think people are surprised that we have, you know, that you have as good a handle on as many players as you have. Yeah. But you know, I'm not, you know, in my position as vice president of hockey operations, I saw 171 games last year. Yeah. Pro and amateur. And so you see a lot of hockey, and and you also read a lot of reports. That it's a very, very sophisticated scouting system. RinkNet is the name of the system. I think 28 teams use it, but it's modified for each individual team. So I worked in Anaheim, and it was a different RinkNet system than I work with in Toronto. But it's a pretty sophisticated system. And once again, Roger, the work is done throughout the year. You know, my morning starts reading reports. And each morning I probably read reports for an hour, an hour and a half, both pro and amateur. So you're constantly reading about these names, following reports, following up with your pro guys. And the pros, the pro guys you handle differently. Two of mine I talk to virtually every day, um, an east and a west, and literally every morning and just shoot the breeze and see what the game, where they're at and what their thoughts were. And, and so while it all boils down to yesterday, the work is clearly done all year long. 